0: Rochelle, and I'm here with Shondrea. How are you doing tonight? I am doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I can't complain. But um, tonight, we're going to be talking about hair discrimination against workers, students, kids, all over. We're also going to be talking about how having locks doesn't affect anyone's ethics or lifestyle and the two laws that are in effect that bans hair discrimination. So um, reporters, workers, and kids have been discriminated when it comes to their hair everywhere. Um, Reporters have been trying to embrace their natural hair on air, and while many have won that fight, many have faced consequences for wearing their natural hair on air. Um, Kids in school have been sent home for their natural hairstyles, and the products that are used in their hair, people have been prevented from graduating because of their hair or their locks. Um athletes were forced to cut their locks in order to compete. So hair discrimination has just been happening all over to everybody in all areas. So I want to know what you think on this issue and are you pro natural hair, anything like that? I
1: think that this is one of the most ridiculous things that we have to still deal with in 2019. I mean, I, I truly don't understand it. And it's both – an issue of race and class of just this idea of having unkempt hair and the way that your hair grows out of your head not being deemed beautiful. It's just such this westernized ideology that has that is obviously, you know, permeated our institution so much to where you have, like you said, little kids that get expelled from school because they might have a braided hairstyle or they might come to school with their natural hair texture or the, the products, as you said, that they put in their hair because of the way that their hair smells or something. That's so ridiculous to put a child through that just because you don't think that their natural appearance, the way that they wake up every day, is acceptable for presenting to the world. The fact that, you know, a white person with straight hair could just wake up any day and go in, wash their hair, brush their hair, go into work, it it's, it doesn't take as much maintenance, you know, and that's the standardized beauty that a lot of these reporters, a lot of these students, of just a lot of people are forced to go by and It's not the fault of people of color or even white people who have curly hair that their hair grows out of their head that way, and nobody should have to conform to something like that. Not everybody is necessarily going to have, first of all, the means to do that to their hair, to, one, like you have this multi-billion dollar industry for buying bundles of hair and all this hair to put into your hair. That costs women hundreds of dollars to get put installed into their hair and or you have to put all these chemicals in it and put all this heat on it to straighten it, it which costs money to buy the supplies to do it yourself as well as to go to the salon and then like but even still given that you shouldn't have to do that your culture should should not be discriminated against through your hair. Like your hair shouldn't be the reason that they say you're not you shouldn't be here. I mean, no reason should, but your hair at this at in this day and age should not be such an issue. And I'm definitely pro natural hair. I one, I I can't do anything with my own and I'm not going to keep hurting my arms every day to fit some kind of standardized beauty, and I'm definitely not going to ruin my own my own child's hair by doing that to her. But what do you think?
0: Um, I definitely liked what you said when you said conform to um, what society basically has deemed beauty or beautiful. So I definitely agree with you there. Like, basically it's just they want us to have the European look, you know, the straight hair, no kinks, no curls, and nothing like that, and it's just like, how can you tell a whole culture to not basically express themselves, or express their own culture, where they basically come from, and I am definitely, definitely pro-hair, pro-natural hair, I wear my natural hair all the time, like you said, and I don't have every single day, though, you know, the time to just get up and try to flat iron my hair, I do something to it to make it fit society's mode of beauty. Mm-hmm. But this has been going on for over for many, many years, over 50 years. There have been cases that have been fouled, you know, alleging discrimination against their natural hair in the workplace. Um, since the, 19, the 1700s, actually, discrimination on hair against blacks has been happening. There was a law passed called the Tickman Laws, that required women to wear a tignin which is a scarf or a handkerchief, over their hair to signify that they were slave members. So this has been going mm-hmm. on for back in slavery time, that it was mm-hmm. just not acceptable for blacks to accept themselves, accept their culture or anything when it comes to their hair, the way they dress, or anything like that. Yeah, that...
1: I've never really understood that or like who even in their culture decided like their hair is going to be a problem. You know what I mean? Like that doesn't even just, again, the length that we're going to in order to just subjugate this group of people to, in a way, dehumanize them, strip them of their languages and to, their hair There's just their right to just grow their hair that's it it's not like you're asking for a lot and I know that continued on like with the scarf um head covering I had just I think someone on tv must have been talking about that or like I had listened to a podcast and that came up but it kind of continued on into like domestic work and everything and Like, they just wanted black women to, if they were in their homes, to have their hair covered. Like, I don't know if they felt like it was something that might be alluring or tempting to their men because there's a thing about hair being tempting to men in a lot of cultures or what. But it's just, again, such a ridiculous rule. And I could see, like, when the rise of accepting your blackness and your beauty as a black person began to rise in the late 60s, 70s and everything, how a a spike in, in in the opposition to that could have arisen, because why would you want this group of people who are just now getting the rights that they've been fighting for, or at least getting laws passed to say that they have access to those rights, you know? Why would you want them to not only have rights, but then have pride in themselves? Like, who do they think they are? You know what I mean? it's almost like to to accept ourselves would almost be a spit in the face of their dehumanization. And that hair is at its most basic what grows out of everybody's head. You know what I mean? So hmm Every human has hair. So it's so dehumanizing that you have to even take hair. You can't even let us be that human.
0: No, you're right. You're right. It's really crazy that this has even went on or is still going on today. Like you said, it's hair that grows out of everybody's head. So why are you focusing on one culture, I should say, to discriminate Mm -hmm. their hair? It doesn't make any sense. And um, I really feel like it was during the 1960s where, you know, the big movement, the natural hair movement, and the Black is Beautiful movement really came about, or I should say came strongly, more stronger, came more out during this time. And this movement basically reassured black women and men that their skin, facial features, natural hair, and locks were beautiful and, you know, and admirable. As it is, you know, you have people like Marcus Garvey, Angela Davis, you know, all rocking these afros or their kinks, their curls, their locks as mm-hmm. an expression of, you know, the culture, as an expression as this is our power, this is our right. And so that right there was like a big movement that came that came from that, like the natural hair movement. I want to know, like, mm-hmm. what do you think about the different movements? Or what do you think about when you see people just walking down the street with their natural hair? You know, how do you feel about that?
1: I think that that is so cool that we live in a time where so many people are embracing that now. Like, we're embracing so many things about us that we used to want to change, that we used to have to change to just fit into this idea or to fitting this idea of being as close to whiteness as possible. Like maybe we could never wear their skin, but at least we can modify ourselves enough to where less harm will be done upon our community. So we try to dress like them. We try to do our hair like them just in order to avoid or to lessen any kind of harm that could come towards us. And so now being able to be versatile in the hairstyles that I want to wear. I mean, I personally am not, but I know I have friends who change their hair, like wear different wigs, different type of braid styles, just do anything that they can because our hair is so versatile and you can do anything with it. And it's so freaking cool just to have this kind of hair, like to just have straight hair every day would be boring. And even with my own daughter, her hair, my hair is on the, it's a it's a lot less kinky than hers. And I tell her to embrace her own hair. And she'll often say like, I wish I had hair like you so that I could wear my hair straight. And I'm like, I wish I could wear my hair like you so that I could wear afro. I will never have an afro. And that hurts my feelings, but you know, I have to embrace what I can do with it. But it's just so cool to just share this bun and learn our hair and take care of our hair. We have like, well, I won't say we because my daughter is eight. So of course she can't participate as fluently in the conversation, but my grandmother and I often have disagreements about what my daughter's hair should look like because she comes from a generation Where, again, you had to conform to that certain look just to look like you came from a good home, basically. And so to her, if my daughter has some Afro puffs in her hair that looks like, oh, you just didn't want to comb her hair, not thinking like it took, what, an hour to wash and condition it, another two hours to, to like, leave in condition and moisturize it and get it fluffed out like that. It takes a lot of work to do those two little bitty puffs or to, to do two puff balls. And so I try to have, like, open up the dialogue with her to let her know, like, I understand you come from a time where this was unacceptable, but now we live during a time where we're able to embrace who we are and we can embrace the hair that grows out of our head. And that's what I want to teach my daughter to do. And so that's pretty much the only downside of it is having to explain it to people in older generations who feel like you need to comb your hair. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, no, I understand that. But me and my mom, like our hair textures are like the same way as you and your daughter's, so hers is more, you know, straight and wavy. Mine's all kinky and, you know, the afro and everything like that. And so we go through the same thing. I was like, Mom, I wish, you know, I could just throw some water in my hair and just go outside like you can sometimes. You know, she was like, "Well, I wish I could wear afro. You know, I don't have that texture." So mm-hmm. we go do through the same, the same things all the time. <laughs> but um, yeah, I understand what you're saying with um the grandma situation because you know I went through the same thing. You know, the when you're little, getting your hair straightened all the time and going through that whole mm-hmm. hot comb situation, like I don't know, I know all of it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know all, all about that. And so um, yeah. That's the um, the hot comb that I wanted to mention. So in the early 1900s, you know, Madam C.J. Walker invented their straightening comb, which was used to tame black hair, you know, which for a lot of people looked like the woman's, the white woman's hair, which was the preferred texture back then. So because, well, a lot of people say, you know, kinky and curly hair is not professional or it doesn't it doesn't look professional to them. So. This um straightening comb was designed to make the hair more straight more professional looking more inviting for people yeah i <laughs> but
1: of course how can it when when your workforce professionals have only looked a certain way for centuries i mean of course this new workforce who did not even have the right to work for a company or you know work for money is gonna be unacceptable, of course you're gonna to wanna to demean the way that they look but um i I went to an art exhibit that we have here we had we had one um at this mosaic Templars museum that we have here that's basically dedicated to like all the achievements of black people within Arkansas and racial history within Arkansas. And they had an exhibit about hair and the little placard under the hot comb was saying like the comb was invented in France. Like I want to say maybe 17, 1800s or something like that. But Madam CJ Walker modified it to a finer tooth So that we could get that straighter, you know, more so that it could get the kinks better, you know, because a wide-tooth comb was never (laughs) going to get through all of that. I actually Mm -hmm. have (laughs) traumatic flashbacks of having to hold my ear just thinking about the hot comb and the (laughs) grease popping. It's
0: just
1: (laughs) not a good good place.
0: (laughs) It's not. I don't like going back there myself. That's horrible. (laughs) But we are going to take a commercial break. You're listening to No Sleep Radio on the CWR Talk Network. You can call in with your comments and questions about natural hair, about locks. Tell us what you do at 563-999-3660. We will return after these messages.
2: You're listening to The CWR Talk Network, America's voice for causes, issues, and life empowerment. This is The CWR Talk Network, hashtag one million strong.
3: One in three adults in America have prediabetes, but most don't know it. To let people know it can be reversed before it becomes type 2 diabetes, Professional basketball player Julius Randle is doing everything in reverse. I'm only
4: dunking with reverse windmills. I drove the whole way to practice in reverse. I don't recommend it. This move's called the reverse shuffle. I do recommend it. And it took me months to learn how to speak in reverse, like this. Here's 10 almost for diabetes type 2 with living Ben has my In other words, my mom has been living with type 2 diabetes for almost 10 years. So together, we want to say to the 84 million Americans at risk, exercise and healthy eating can help reverse pre-diabetes. Start by taking a simple one-minute risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. (laughs) Bet he can't say that in reverse. (laughs) ¶¶
2: The CWR Talk Network is not just another talk radio network. We are the champion for important causes and issues like fighting domestic violence. Domestic violence survivor Shereen Rice discusses how domestic violence affects all of us on her show, Making a Difference About Domestic Violence and Abuse. Shireen interviews other survivors of domestic violence who share their very personal experiences in hopes of encouraging listeners who may be undergoing domestic violence to get out of that dangerous situation and how they may do that in order to avoid the dangerous consequences if they don't. Join Shireen and her guests every second and fourth Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central Time exclusively on the CWR Talk Network.
3: Why is Connor having trouble focusing in school? Having trouble finding
0: Connor's middle school? Would you like directions?
3: No, why is Connor having trouble focusing in school?
0: Finding lowest airfare to Istanbul.
3: No, I'm, I'm tired of fighting with him over homework. Home walk restaurant. Need a review? No, I need help. He's very smart, but his mind wanders. He's disorganized.
0: I think I understand.
3: Ah, oh, good.
0: Finding best potatoes for french fries. No! Russet, fingerling, Yukon gold. Uh, why don't you understand me? Sorry, I was trying to show how Connor feels every day. Frustrating, isn't it? Redirecting to understood.org.
2: For the one in five kids with learning and attention issues, this is what life can feel like. Explore understood.org, a free online resource about learning and attention issues, designed to help your child thrive in school and in life. Understood.org, because understanding is everything.
3: Brought to you by understood.org and the Ad Council.
2: Did you just look down at your phone? You did it
3: again, didn't you? You know, you're flying down the road in a three-ton hunk of steel, and a text takes your eyes off the road for an average of five seconds. At 55 miles per hour, that's long enough to travel the length of a football field and cause some serious damage. Turn it off. Trust me. Whatever it is, you'll live. Learn more at org, Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration.
2: Welcome to the CWR Talk Network, America's Voice for Causes, Issues, and Life Empowerment. This is the CWR Talk Network, hashtag one million strong.
0: And welcome back to No Sleep. We have been talking about discrimination against black hair in the workplace, in school, And just how, in general, this has been going on for so long, for over 50 years, and how it definitely needs to stop. But um, I want to mention some people that were in the news that this has happened to. You know, this has happened to Brittany Noble, who was a reporter in Jackson, Mississippi. And she was Mm -hmm. reportedly fired after filing complaints about discrimination in the workplace after wearing her natural hair on, on air, Her employer said that her natural hair was unprofessional and that viewers needed to see a beauty queen saying, basically, you know, a woman with natural hair couldn't be a beauty queen. Mm -hmm. Alan Maloney, um, a high school wrestler from New Jersey, was forced to cut his Mm -hmm. locks or forfeit his match. And um, his hair wasn't an issue in his other matches or anything like that. And he had a head covering to cover his locks, too. Um, many other other kids in school have been threatened about their natural hair with discipline or possible removal from the school. Um, there was a six-year-old boy in Florida who was turned away from a private Christian academy because his hair went past his ears like it was too long, they said. Um, and a New Orleans girl was sent home for wearing her braids. They said it was not the look. And I don't know if you heard about Hampton University's MBA program who banned locks and cornrows in the classroom. The school's dean said that those young styles are not businesslike and will not land students' employment in corporate America. So just knowing that a school has a whole band on this and nothing is being done about it, like how do you feel about those cases and then the school?
1: I feel like that is horrible and again just going back to how the whole idea that black hair isn't professional goes back to the position that black people were put in upon our arrival to this country within the first place so i don't know it's it's just it's it's so ridiculous to me like you said the young man that was on the wrestling team his hair had never interfered in any of his other matches he like you said, he had a head covering. that's just such a power move in that moment to try to take that away from that young man because that's what they basically tried to do is like they they probably felt like he's never going to do this. he would rather forfeit the match than to you know, cut off his hair and get, you know, get rid of his culture, just like that. And it was probably, you know, their way that they figured they were going to win. And while I admired the strength that it had to have taken for him to do that, just the fact that he had to do that was so horrible. And oh, I remember seeing in the news or it's not in the news, but just on social media a couple of weeks ago, that the the whatever the social justice thing that Jay Z is in collaboration with with the
3: mm-hmm.
1: NFL for they the organization that they just gave money to is cutting off the locks of young boys to give them a better life, and it's just like wow. <laughs> so that, that's your social justice initiative this is what you're giving these thousands of dollars to is to white women cutting off the hair of black boys to give them a better life because somehow having dread or not not dread because that's the that's not the proper term for them and I apologize for my misuse of that term but having locks is it just automatically means that you're going to have a a bad life when the only negative part to having locks is what society puts on to you and the way that they just have these ideas about you because that's the hair again just growing out of your head. That is the style that you feel represents who you are in your culture. And because of that that's just not that's not okay for them. And even the, the young girl that got sent home from school because of her braids with the way that these charter schools and these corporate entities are going within these public school districts and shutting down their public schools for those for in, in opening up these charter schools on the premise of school choice for them to have rules that are discriminatory against the kids that whose schools that they shut down are just ridiculous. How do you expect these kids to learn if they can't come to school because their hair smells like coconut oil or because they have braids in their hair? You already shut down the schools in their communities where they probably had teachers and staff who looked like them, who wore similar hairstyles to them, and now you shut those schools down, put other people in place. And now you're telling these kids you can no longer be who you are and who you have been all of these years. You took away their choice to go to a different school, and now you're putting all these stipulations on how they must show up. And, again, it's 2019. Why are we still going through this? Oh,
0: that's true. And um, like you were saying, I really feel bad for um that guy on the wrestling team that had to go through that. Honestly I feel bad for all these people, including the kids, because it's just like, yo, they are so young to be telling them, you know, that they don't fit a certain mold or a certain look in society. That doesn't make any sense to be going through that. And for um the news anchor for her employer to tell her tell her that, you know, her natural hair is unprofessional and that they're looking mm-hmm. for beauty queens. You know as if, you know, natural hair can't be seen as beautiful. That's basically what he told her. And that's like mm-hmm. bad to say to someone. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like they basically just pushed out our culture altogether. It's just like our culture doesn't right. matter unless it's on them. You know what I'm saying? So which has happened. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember the Zendaya thing where she went through she wore her little yep. lock. You know, she got mm-hmm. under fire for that. But then you had a white actor that, you know, did the same mm-hmm. thing and it wasn't an issue. So it's just like That doesn't make any sense at all to me that we are, like you said, still going through this. Like, why? And then what really shocked me was the school that had the ban on locks and cornrows in the classroom. I didn't know. Well, I mean, I knew that schools could do that, but I didn't know that Hampton had did that because I'm not even going to lie for Before I even went to school, I was considering that school. But knowing what I know now, it's just like, well, I wouldn't even be like, able to really just come into an MBA program even if I wanted to because I went mm-hmm. braids all the time, cornrows, and I do different things to my hair, so I wouldn't even be allowed in, and that's crazy to me that a school would conform black people so much mm-hmm. to even consider, well, but, should I cut off my locks or should I get an education? Like That's crazy right. to even have to do. Right.
1: Why should a kid or even a college student somebody that's just seeking an education has to jump through through those mental hoops just for access. Like, why, why do we need another obstacle?
0: <laughs> Don't y'all have enough. <laughs> right. Right. And yeah, so Jay-Z, the NFL, and that um, Chicago-based organization, they were all under fire because um, it was a photo of a white woman, like you said, cutting a black male's locks and saying mm-hmm. it was for a better life. And that's basically saying, you know, that with locks, you can't have a better life or you can't have live a good life or anything like that. And for many people, for like with their locks, it's a choice of owning their culture, their heritage, and mm-hmm. stands apart from Europeans' hair and their lifestyle, which is, of course, why they don't like the idea of locks. They don't like the idea of our kinks and our curls because, one, they can't do that with their hair, you know what I'm saying? And, mm-hmm. then, two, it's different and we stand down, and they don't want us to stand out. But celebrities like Ava DuVernay, she spoke out about locks being beautiful. She was taking pictures Mm -hmm. of hers. You had celebrities like Bob Marley, Whoopi Goldberg, Lauryn Hill, Lenny Kravitz, Toni Morrison, Mm -hmm. and Alice Walker. You know, they all had locks, and they wore it with pride and everything like that. Those from different eras. They're from different rocks of life. You know, there's writers, entertainers, singers, actresses, all in that list that I just gave that wore their locks. And as we can see, it never stopped them from being successful, having a successful Mm -hmm. career or anything like that. So where is this idea coming from, you know, that locks are not professional, you can't get a career with locks or anything like that. So, Mm Mhm. But, if you look at those people
1: too, a lot of the people that you mentioned like had to fight to make their own way, and once you make your own way the way that they did, and like i don't I don't want to not not hype them up too much because they are all amazing people, but the chances of just your everyday children reaching those same heights are going to be low. And so, but but the fact that we have that kind of representation, you know what I mean, is great. But I feel like a lot of those people had to go through so much just to prove that they were good enough to even get into the spaces that they were in. And then a lot of them had, they, they grew up in community. This is one school that, like, everybody famous in California went to I want to say it was like Jada Pinkett Smith Tupac like all them went to school together they had a community that fostered this kind of greatness that we don't necessarily have today but I do believe that more people more everyday people are starting to embrace the life journey now and it's starting to become something that more people are proud of and more people find beautiful. Because even the fact that the Follock style has caught on so well, like people want to have their hairstyle now that, you know, for years was looked down upon. And, you know, black black women who have already shown up to their job interviews and secured their jobs are wearing their style to work every day. <laughs> I mean, at least in the places that don't have anything to say about it. But you made another point that I wanted to go back to when you were saying, like, they don't like that they that their hair can't do all of this. And that's why mm-hmm. they don't want us to have it. And I'm just thinking of, like, of all the times white women have touched my hair without my permission just because they were oh, so Lord. fascinated by my hair. And it's like, excuse me, <laughs> one, you're invading my personal space. I know my hair is great. I grew it. Thank you. But um no, that's, that's not okay. Like, I I know you look And like that. They always, you know, oh, I'm so sorry. It's, it's just so beautiful and just so thick. I wish my hair could do that. Like, I bet you do, but you don't have to touch it. And you're so fascinated with this, yet you wouldn't want it in your workplace. You would tell me that I need to straighten it in order to look professional, but when you see it out in public, like you wish, you envy the capacity of my hair, the capabilities that my hair has. It's beauty, but somehow, as beautiful as it is, oh, it doesn't fit in a workplace. It doesn't fit. Profi- it doesn't fit in a professional environment or a learning environment, and. I, that I can never wrap my head around. I just, I don't understand how, and maybe it is the envy that makes them shun it when it comes to their professional environment. I I can't think of another reason because that's like, you love it, but no, don't bring it here at all. That doesn't make sense to me.
0: I don't know. That, that's definitely true. It's, it's That's what it is Jealousy, it's envy It's all of that Hate, anger, of course Because they can't have it They can't do it And I don't know how many times I can recount That that has happened to me too Like when we're just walking up to me Like, oh, look at your hair It's so different It can do this Mine can't do that You know It's like, okay mm-hmm. You can look But don't touch That you know I definitely understand that All the way Um Okay, so California was the first state to ban discrimination based on one's natural hair. A bill was signed that protects people in the workplace and K-12 public schools from discrimination based on their natural hair, called the Crown Act. This includes ban on styles like Afros, braids, twists, cornrows, and locks. And New York actually was the second state to follow, but it won't be in effect until next year in January. But... I just want to know from you, like, should there even have had to be a law in the first place, according, like, in your perspective?
3: No,
1: not at all. There shouldn't have to be laws about not owning people, but there are. Like, it's so many things that, for some reason, society just needs a rule written down for. For We just can't. And even, even if there is a rule written down about it, there will still take years for the perception of society to shift to where that would be acceptable. But, I mean, I wish we could just ban discrimination. I wish we could just make being racist, bigoted, sex, sexist, you know, I wish we could just make all of that a crime because we don't have the room or the time for this right now. There there are so many other problems that we have right now. The world is on fire and we can't get over letting black people go to work with their regular hair. We just can't get over how black people's hair just grows out of their heads. How are we ever going to beat climate change if, if we can't even just let black people's hair grow out of their
0: heads? Oh, no, that's, that's good. That's, that's a really good one. That is so true. It's <laughs> so out of Everything else happening in this world, even happening to you know this uh, United States with other countries, you know, attacking and just underhanded stuff that we don't even know about or hear about. This is what you all mm-hmm. choose to focus on and make laws on. You know, there's <laughs> mass shootings and everything, but we're going to choose to ban discrimination against you know natural hair instead of focusing on gun control and everything like that. So yes, I definitely understand what are you, where you're coming from, and I definitely agree with you. There should not have had to be a law or anything about this. This should not have been happening in the first place. I should be able to go to work and be professional with my natural hair, with my locks, or whatever the case may be, and it not be an issue. I should be able to graduate. I should be able to just get a job and do the skills that got me the job in the first place. You know, my hair didn't get me this job. You know, my resume, my Mm skills, me being able to actually execute the job, you know, got me here. So the fact that we're focusing so much on the hair is I'm professional, that's unacceptable at all. And those are the only two states, too, to have done that. Other mm-hmm. states are doing anything about it right now. That's all we know or that I've, I have seen from my research so far. But, yeah, it makes no sense at all. It really doesn't
1: because I don't even think they're looking at what they're missing out on by having those discriminatory practices imagine the people who could have brought in millions to your company imagine the people who could have doubled, tripled your clientele imagine the person who could have created some type of software or drug or you know some kind of scientific discovery Mm -hmm, that didn't mm -hmm. get the chance because of their hair
0: Oh, no, that is so true. Like, black people, we do so much. We invent, we create, Mm -hmm. we're so talented that it's just like you're focusing on our hair and not that aspect. Like, there's so much that we could accomplish that we can do, but you choose to focus on one aspect, which is, like you said, Mm -hmm. them missing out, which is why I feel like, a lot of black businesses, a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, are coming out from that because it's like, well, I can mm-hmm. work for myself and I can be me.
1: Right. And it's definitely, I think I saw a news headline today that said black women were starting businesses quicker than any other group within the country right now. So Clearly we're not letting something like hair keep us from getting to our bag.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And we're not, okay? And it is true. I've seen the same thing. Black women have really been doing it. We have been rising up in many different areas. So I'm so proud of us for that. Mm -hmm. But we are going to go on another commercial, commercial break. You're listening to No Sleep Radio on the CWR Talk Network. You can still, still call in with your comments and questions at 563
2: 999 You're listening to The CWR Talk Network, America's voice for causes, issues, and life empowerment. This is the CWR Talk Network, hashtag one million strong.
3: In 50 feet, turn left. You driving so slowly. After a few drinks, I'm taking it slow. Well, you're not fooling the cop behind you. What? Get ready to pay in point one miles. <sighs> getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around ten thousand dollars in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Dave. What are you doing? Just sending a gift to Dave2037. Who? Me in the future. I save a little money from every paycheck as a gift to Dave2037. So he can spend it on things like anti-gravity boots or a hologram Doberman. Something cool like that. I think Dave2037 deserves it. He worked hard. What are you getting Steve2037? I guess I was thinking Steve2037 would just fend for himself. Well all right, but don't expect to be borrowing my anti-gravity boots.
1: You want to have money in your future? You got to start saving now. Putting some money from every paycheck into a savings account or contributing to your 401k can make a big difference later. Put away a few bucks, feel like a million bucks. For free ideas and easy ways to save, go to feedthepig.org. That's feedthepig.org.
3: Hey, let's just hope Steve2037 doesn't get his hands on a cold time machine because he is going to come back here and knock some sense into you. This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council.
2: The CWR Talk Network is not just another talk radio network. We are the champion for important causes and issues like financial literacy. That is why so many people listen to the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances show. Lionel is a seasoned veteran in the finance industry, but more importantly, Lionel cares about people. He shares his vast knowledge of the finance world in a personal way that goes beyond dollars and cents with advice that makes sense. So let Lionel help you get your finances in order or avoid costly errors in judgment that may be devastating to you and your family. Listen to the Lionel Shipman Check Your Finances Show every Tuesday exclusively on the CWR Talk Network
3: Or, better yet, volunteer to text for them. It might be a little awkward, but believe me, you'll live. Learn more at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Today, Today we decided, decided to walk to, walk to school. To school. So the light county, Fifteen, fourteen, 41, thirty-one, I mean thirteen. We took, took a, a left, left on, on Carroll Street. Street. Danny's there's smart, but he gets distracted. I realized, realized he forgot his life. homework. I, I hope, hope I don't he doesn't have another bad 13. day of school.
2: When you can see learning and attention issues from their side, you can be on their side. That's why there's understood.org, a free resource for the parents of the one in five kids with learning and attention issues. Go from misunderstanding to understood.org. Brought to you by Understood and the Ad Council. You're listening to the CWR Talk Network, America's voice for causes, issues, and life empowerment. This is the CWR Talk Network. Hashtag one million strong.
0: And we are back. We have been talking about natural hair, locks, and just discrimination against them all in general. We have a caller on the line. Hello.
4: Hey, how you doing?
0: I'm good. How are you?
4: I'm all right. Just hanging out.
0: Okay, that's nice to hear. So what
4: would you like to say or chime in with the conversation on natural hair and locks? I mean, yeah. um, Excuse me. I think it's a pretty good conversation. You know, Um, my question would be like, uh, let me ask you this. Uh, Do you believe that, uh, that black people like are, like do you believe that black folk have the upper hand when it comes to business or do you think a lot of black people own businesses these days?
0: I do. I now, believe uh, um go ahead, Shondrea, you can take it. Oh no, you go you go ahead. You go ahead. <laughs> um, I do. I believe a lot of black people have stepped out and started owning their own businesses, being entrepreneurs, you know, just working for themselves. It's just, you know, all about getting support that they need to continue their businesses.
4: Right. Okay, good. So uh So what is the big complaint about, you know, these white-owned companies discriminating against hair when so many black people have businesses you can go apply to?
1: You want me to take this one? Or you you want this one? (laughs) Well, the scale at which black professionals have been able to create businesses within the United States is very small compared to the amount of Corporations and companies that we have. It also takes a lot longer for those black companies to rise to the prominence that a lot of these places have. And given that we're only, what, 13% of the population within the country, the idea that we would be able to, especially within the near future, and by near future, I mean like within the next five to 10 years, like hopefully. You know, beyond that, we would have built an infrastructure within our own community to be able to produce the amount of jobs that they're doing. But I feel like right now, the complaint is mostly the fact that we don't have the capacity to employ our whole neighborhoods or our whole community right now. And so when we have these companies who are very aware of that, taking advantage of that fact, you know, that's that's wrong.
4: Okay, I understand that. So uh, my other question would be uh, why don't you just quit wh- where to discriminate against you at and, and go apply somewhere where they wouldn't mind you doing that?
1: Yes, I, I don't know if you had to be on the job market recently, but, man, when I tell you you will put in I don't know how many applications to not hear a call back and to risk the livelihood of your family is – it's too big of a risk for most people to do that now i know like some people have the freedom and mobility to make decisions like that but when you have people who are dependent on you you can't necessarily just up and quit your job one day without having something to fall back on and that fall back plan takes a long time to develop
4: right okay so my other question would be uh So if that's the case, then, you know, it's not everybody can leave their job to go find something that's more suited for them because they have families and stuff. So do you think that quitting your job because somebody wants you to do something with your hair is a good enough reason to risk your family's well-being?
1: I personally don't feel like that would be a good enough reason. Now, knowing that I would still want to express myself then I would try to come up with a backup plan because chances are if they're discriminating about your hair, that's not the only thing that they discriminating against you with at work. That's more of like the coded language that's hidden within their procedures and protocol and the culture of that corporation or that organization is going to be probably way more toxic than just you can't wear your hair like that. And so what – Because I don't feel like, you know, just up and quitting your job and putting the livelihood of your family at stake is a good idea. I feel like you should just develop that fallback plan, find other organizations that will let you do that, and just work on getting there so that you don't have to deal with that for the rest of your life.
4: Right. uh, Yeah, I understand that completely. Um, Okay, so – me, I'm going to give you a little bit of my background. I don't know if you guys care or you probably don't, but I'm going to give it to you anyway just because it will help the conversation. I was a very, um, how should I say this, street oil ended the guy a lot of years ago, and then I ended up uh, getting a job, right? It was either that or jail or death. Like I was in the middle of this whole struggle with my brain. I was like, okay, you got these two roles, jail or you know, death, or you got this job, you can go get a job, right? And, you know, my background, I had to go get a damn job at a at a, um, an all-white job. You know, there was no black folks at the job. It just so happened that there was a lot of white people over there. So I got a job there, okay? And then I learned a lot of stuff along the way, though. You know, they didn't like the way that I did certain things. And I had to understand, okay, well, the streets is different in corporate America and, what I had to learn was is that when you own a business, and you know, I, I'm all, I'm the type of person I like to put my damn foot in in every side of the shoe. You did I like to put my foot in this side of the shoe and that side of the shoe. So what happened is I put my foot in, in the street side of the shoe where I came from. These people are they, they they all corporate this and that, whatever they blah, 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 they fake. And then I had to put my foot in the shoe of the business owner from a business owner standpoint and say, okay, damn it, I got it, I got this clientele that's very multicultural. All type mm-hmm. of people come up in here: young, old, white, black. It's everybody and their mama come into this business. Okay, so then, how would I hire people that would uh, that would sort of appeal to all these different cultures? You know, somebody that's neutral, should I say, like somebody that that don't necessarily have a side or a preference. Somebody that can that can pretty much chameleon into about any culture that you know could happen. Anybody that comes into my business. So what I'm thinking about hiring people. I think about that you know I don't want to just hire Somebody that only looks at it from This side because I feel like okay if you Want to be that side then just you know There's businesses in the city that you can Go apply to that have your standards. You know even if you got to wait three months Though if you feel that passionate about it Go do that you know nobody's stopping you But when I look at a business owner standpoint And I got a very multicultural Clientele I want to hire somebody That's able to Maneuver through in and out of all these different Cultures you know they don't make nobody mad You know they, they're very respectful Hey how you doing nice to meet you you know Whatever blah blah, blah. You know, just, just 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 Upstanding respectful people It, it, it ain't got nothing to do with the mm-hmm. hair You know the way that they dress you know nothing like that The way that they look it's just very respectful People and if I owned a business And I thought that okay you know The way that your hair is wearing you know with the dress And all that that's fine that's cultural I get it cool but it, but just just make it a little presentable. That's all that we ask. You know you don't have to cut it. You know and you don't have to do all that. And some people might want that. It, it, businesses are protected by the you know the American Constitution. Like they have a right to when they independently own the company to be able to put whatever laws forth it. they. The same way that a black owner at a business will be able to just, you know set standards for their company. It's the same way across mm-hmm. the board, you know. Do the you know the American Constitution protects this because it's freedom. Like so, okay. Even if we don't agree with it, you know, they got a right to do that. Okay, that's their business. And and if they want to discriminate against people, then let them go out of business. That's the, they they chose to do that. That's their <laughs> business, you know. But if me as a business owner, you know, dude, and I feel like you know your dreads are cool, all right. But I need you to I need you to put them up in a bowl. I need you to do something. Put a rubber band around. You know, just clean it up a little bit. You know, presentable for business because this ain't the streets. You dig and, I, and with business, you know, we got all type of different people coming here. You know, just, you know, a, a, any business, even the white people that work at businesses, man, they got to dress the way that they don't dress at home. They got to tuck their shirt in. They got to wear damn collared shirts and, and penny loafers and this type of, you know, everybody's got, all these businesses have standards for everybody, though. I don't like to go to work dressed mm-hmm. in a scrub top with khaki pants on. I, that ain't where I came from. But I understand business, okay? Dude, I work at an animal hospital, so therefore I got to dress the part to to do that, okay? We have to be in scrub tops, khakis, or either, you know, scrub bottoms. We have to dress a certain way. We got to, you know, we got to do these certain things. And so when you understand business, especially if you own a business, you would really understand this, you have your own standards. And, and, And ain't nobody saying that theirs is right and this one's wrong. Nobody's saying that. It might be wrong, might be right. But they got a right to do this. So I don't understand the outrage that comes with a business Certain standards that they that they won't whether they're right or wrong, they have a right to do this in this country. No matter if they're right or wrong, we might we might don't agree with them, but they have a right to set their standards for their business, because that's how they make their money. And whether and, and if they discriminate against certain people, then they will lose that that demographics money. So they chose their life. So I don't understand the outrage. You know, the, the American freedom is about that. Think every everybody that opens a business can set their own standards. Black, white, Asian, it don't matter. So I don't understand what the whole outrage is because everybody can set their standards, and I'm pretty sure that a lot of black and Hispanic businesses that I want to go apply to, you know, they wouldn't like me dressing in a a, a Carhartt jacket with a you know big Georgia boots on with a you know dip in my mouth. You know, they they got standards. With it. everybody got standards, so I don't understand why everybody's tripping on this one side of the coin when every side of the coin has different standards. It, it just don't make any sense to me. I'm sorry. I'm babbling. I'm sorry about that. I didn't mean to go so long.
1: Oh, you're fine. But I do want to say I'm not one for thinking that just because somebody has a right to do something, that that means that they automatically get to do it. I mean, we had a right, or not we, but... White people had a right to own own slaves back in the day, but that wasn't okay, and that was something that we had to learn and move past. They had a certain demographic and economy that they were trying to keep up with, and really the perception that we have on black hair and just black people in general comes from that legacy that was created back then. And, again, like like I said, if it, if it's not just going to be discrimination about your hair in a business. Yes, everybody has their standards, but as you said, you would hire for a business. It's about you wouldn't have them cut their hair. You wouldn't make them destroy their culture, which is a a colonial kind of thing that they did to strip away our culture. And the fact that they get to to perpetuate that in their business practices to continue to oppress a culture is where the right. outrage comes in. Yeah, you have your standards; right. you can do what you want, but why does it have to be rooted in colonization, slavery, and just the dehumanization right.
4: of people? Well, I understand it, and, and you know, my answer to that is, you know, when these people that discriminate like that, you they know, where they want you to cut your hair and completely dis you know disregard your culture. Why you know you have a freedom as an American you know to to, to not work there so therefore right that whole demographic that you're representing you don't have to deal with that business at all though and they will lose a big chunk of their money so I don't understand what is a big deal you know walk away from them leave them high and dry oh yeah you know, like, they like they got a right to do that as well as you got a right to say you know what hell with y'all
3: boom oh, mm-hmm. this money exactly. going over there
4: you they know, like so I don't it's not a big problem it's just the fact that people don't choose to do that like people don't understand right. their freedom to, to to say hell with you. You dig, like, you dig, uh-huh. like you can walk away from it. Like okay, don't never go there again. You can tell everybody in the community, don't these people are damn discriminatory, and they'll go out of business for that. You know, every action has a consequence. You dig? So when they choose to do that, there's a consequence that's going to come behind it. And I don't, I'm not, a, I'm not, I don't disagree with that at all. You know, if somebody discriminates against a certain culture of people, I think them people should go tell their whole damn culture in the community that, hey, but don't go over there no more, bro. And then they'll suffer for that. So I think I think mm-hmm. I think the American system works. You they, they got a right to do that, and and other people also have a right to say, well, hell with them then. They don't get our money right. no more. But so I, I think it's pretty much balanced around the board. You know, they have a right to do that, dude. And no matter if it's wrong or right, you know, they have a right to be ignorant. It is their problem, but they got to suffer the consequences though. You know, and I think that that's mm-hmm. a beautiful thing about freedom is that it, you they have a choice to do that ignorant stuff, and you have a a, a free choice to say, you know what, hell with you guys though. We're not bringing our money over mm-hmm. here anymore. And I think that's beautiful, Mm -hmm. though, you know, so I don't understand what all the whining is about. If somebody discriminates against the culture, hell with them. Don't bring your money back over there, you dig? Let them go out of business. Let them suffer with just one demographic of money. Watch how quick they go out of business, though, you dig? Like, people had the freedom to do this, but, like, nobody teaches them this. Like, people act like Mm -hmm. they got to stay there stagnant. You know, and it's one of those things, like, they got a right to be ignorant, just like you got a right to not be ignorant. You know what I'm saying? Everybody got a right to do whatever the hell they want in this country. That's why it's a free country. Everybody, I mean, I could say some really ignorant stuff right now. You know, I got a right to say that. I'm protected by the Freedom of Speech Act, you know, but that don't make it right. I just got a right to say that. You know what I'm saying? Though? So everybody has a right to do whatever the hell they want to do. You know, black, white, it don't matter what color you are. You have a right to do whatever you see fit. But you've got to be willing to suffer the consequences that are going to come behind it. Or if you discriminate against a certain culture of people or they say they're not bringing their money over there anymore, you're losing a big damn chunk of your business, and you will suffer for that. So you have a right to do
1: that. I think it's beautiful. I'm not going to argue with that. I really appreciate your comment. Well, yes, uh, we're running a little bit over time now. I didn't. I didn't want to cut you off. We're running a little bit over time, but like I'm, I'm with you. We gotta start letting them know with our money what we will and we're not will not tolerate. So
3: right,
4: yeah. You know, I appreciate you guys taking my call. This has been a very respectful call. A lot of times when I call in and try to make these statements, you know, I get up, I get yelled at and cussed out. And this has been very respectful, <laughs> though. You know, you ladies are really good, and I appreciate you guys listening. And, uh, I know I, you know, I learned a little bit from it, you know, and I hope you guys might have learned something, too. You know, this is what the conversation is about. So thank you for taking my call. I don't want to hold you up anymore, but it's been pretty good, man. I liked it.
0: All right, no thank problem. You. Thank you. And we have come to the end of our show. <laughs> <laughs> but that was definitely a good call, good conversation. I'm glad that he put yeah, his input in. He gave us background on him and everything like that. So, Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good talk. (laughs) It was. And we'll be back next week. (laughs) Have a good evening. All right, you too.